please note that this episode was originally recorded as a webinar in 2020. To view the original webinar, simply visit the BD Consultancy's YouTube channel. Okay, everyone. Uh, thank you all for joining us today on BD TV. Uh, I'm Caitlin, and I'm a senior executive at the BD Consultancy. For those of you who were expecting Peter, I'm really sorry um, to disappoint, but unfortunately he's been feeling unwell and has just received a positive COVID test, so he's resting at home with his family. Don't worry though, I won't subject you to my attempt at an Irish accent, and this will take the usual shape it does of a short informal conversation followed by a Q&A. So if you do have any questions, please do use the Q&A function um, that should appear at the bottom of your screens, uh, and we can look at those later on in the session. So let me introduce you to today's speaker. We have with us Abby Winkworth, who is a partner at uh, JMW Solicitors. Abby previously worked at Deloitte, uh, followed by that she was at IBB Solicitors for 12 years. I've only recently had the pleasure of meeting Abby properly, um, but I know that she's been a hugely fantastic and valuable client and advisor to us throughout uh, the years since we, since we started. I hope that's a fair introduction, Abby, and that I pronounced your name correctly. Um, would you be happy just to share a little more about yourself and your current role? Um, yes, so um, a little bit more well uh, let me just uh, explain who jmw solicitors are and uh talk a little bit about that so um because some people won't necessarily have heard of us so um we originate in um the spitalfields of area of manchester um and in 2019-20 turned over just under 46 million pounds uh which put us up in the top 75 UK law firms, according to the lawyer. What I'm most proud about is that uh, JMW is an accredited investor in people and that we're ranked uh, 33 in the Sunday Times best companies to work for, which is something I've always wanted to be part of the law firm that uh, was doing that. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, the London office was opened by the Adams in March 2018 um, as a service office for the JMW clients who were London based. Uh, but it's grown very quickly and in the first year we turned over 5.1 million pounds um, and in this year's COVID adjusted target we're hoping to turn over about 10 million um, pounds and we're on track to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. There are 30 fixed share partners in London including me uh, and we've both got both business to consumer and um, business to business um, service line. So um, my job title at the firm is um, simply partner. Um, I'm a fixed share partner, as I was at my previous firm. Um, at my previous firm, marketing and business development heavy, worked a lot on strategy, um, sat uh, by invitation on the board uh, for most of the time um, that I was there. Um, and at... Uh, JMW, I've only really got two objectives. Um, one, it is to support the growth of the of the London office, and uh, the other one is to champion and develop a program called Law Share, uh, which is um, a profit sharing referral membership 
which turns over about 2.5 million pounds and has about 500 members. Wow, that certainly sounds impressive. So I understand that you are um, fairly new to, to the firm, um, which I think is something that our listeners will probably be uh, very interested in. The fact that you moved from a senior position to another senior position during a worldwide pandemic. Um, how, have you found, how have you found that transition during this time? Um, how did that work practically for you? Oh, well, I mean, I would have preferred not to have made the move in the middle of a pandemic. Um, it has its uh, challenges in terms of onboarding and getting up to speed with your new colleagues and the people who are going to help you do your job. Um, but uh, there, so earlier this week, I was um, looking at um, Bruce Tuckman's um model of how teams are, cre- are created you might know it it's that it's that forming storming norming and performing model that everybody talks about and, and um, um what was interesting is there's a fifth stage that he had added sometime in the 1970s which is called adjourning and is often referred to as being in in mourning um and uh and that's that talks about when when you finished a project and the team members feel feel that sense of loss and a desire to move on and recreate those great feelings with others which is probably best describes the relationship that I was in I was having with my former firm by the beginning of July um, this year It, it was time to move on and there was a real sense of not wanting to and a real sense of um, if it just not fitting anymore, it, it, it wasn't a good place to be in. No fault of theirs, no fault of mine, not a good place. Mm. Um, so I needed to move on. Um, and my experience of this is that I really only have one asset to my name that counts for anything. And um, as much as I would like to say it is my youth, uh, good looks, um, charm, brains, wit, and encyclopedic um, experience and knowledge of professional services management. Um, And and I think I am great in all of those areas. Um, (laughs) But actually, um, I only have one asset that really counts. And that, as it turned out, was um, my friends. Um, So one day, um, in a fit of bear, I made a list of all of my friends and I started to ask them. I rang them up. I emailed. Can I talk to you? I want to talk to you. And I said, what should I do? Where should I look? Yeah. Who should I speak to? Um, and they're incredibly generous. People are incredibly generous their, their time and they listened and they gave me the benefit of their time and of their opinion and their contacts. And um, if there's anybody on this, Zoom, um, who uh, is my friend, and uh, I imagine that quite a few of you are, um, you may wonder why I didn't call you. Well, you were on my list and I was going to get around to calling you. Um, But it was probably the first or second call that I made that resulted in someone reminding me that I knew Joy Kingsley, formerly of Pannoni, now senior partner of JMW, um, they they made an offer to to reconnect me to say hello, and um, that led forty eight hours later to a very early morning Zoom chat. 
followed by four Zoom interviews all on the same day. Uh, And the next morning I woke up to an email which had a partner deed in it and my name on the top. Amazing. Uh, Ordinary. Yeah, yeah, especially during this time. But it's lovely to hear that the root of that was friends and friendship. Especially. Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the speed that it all happened in was extraordinary yeah. uh, and compelling. Uh, the mm-hmm. simplicity of the process kind of showed to me the way in which JMW was going to work and the fact that they could bring so many busy partners together yeah. with four hours notice um, was a was a better indication than anything that they could say about how important this investment um, was. But but what I would say, what I found extraordinary, which I shouldn't, and it was humbling, but not in that kind of like I was really humbled. I've got shed loads of money and I can have a party humbling that whatever it is. Um, it was really humbling. Is that was that I did have friends, and what I would say to anybody who's in a job that they don't like or not in a job, mm. or just not feeling great, um, is, is um, email somebody and say, have you got 10 minutes for a chat? Email me and say, yeah. have you got 10 minutes for a chat? Because mm. I owe some people that generosity of time. Yeah. Um, and I want to, and I'm very, and we need, all need to pay it forward because, you know that saying um you know be kind to people on the way up because you might need them on the way down well just keep on being kind to the people throughout your career yeah they'll pay you back in spades yeah that's amazing thank you for sharing that um so i suppose like most of us you've been obviously working from home a lot more than the office recently but I believe you've recently opened or set up a an office in London. Yeah. Um, what was it that um, attracted your firm to the London market, especially because it's such a saturated market for for firms? Well, I think it was. I think the saturation point really doesn't enter into it because I've been thinking about this and um, a friend of mine who's a consultant that we used to use um, in my previous firm um, put it really very simply which is um, law firms are like like coffee shops and the idea is that you open your shop you sell coffee until you've filled all of the seats and if you want to make more revenue and more profit then you need to sell people a sandwich and a cake and increase your spend per person <laughs> but eventually if you're ambitious you run out of seats and you'll need to open another shop and whilst it is tempting and i have seen this a lot whilst it is tempting to open one close by you so you can keep make it into a mini me and um and keep control of it the most effective way to um to expand is to find the next best market that you could possibly be in the next best high street that you could possibly be in using a coffee analogy and in this case the best legal market in the UK is London and that's where we set up our coffee shop yeah and then the temptation is to start small hedge your bets stick your toe in the water buy cheap seats and lower quality coffee microwave the panini (laughs) um 
which makes no sense whatsoever when you're competing against the biggest brands to win some of the most exciting work from in the world um, from the most sophisticated uh, purchase around purchases around. Mm-hmm. So JMW has um, a really clear objective, which is to take JMW into the heart of the city of London and succeed. And that it's saturated is neither here nor there. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I, I really want a coffee now you've said that. Um, <laughs> So I suppose that links then to um, the idea of hybrid working that's obviously um, become more popular recently. And I know that a lot of um, firms and people within the firms have had concerns about their partners adapting to that style. Do you think um, that changing the London regional divide um, is going to impact the way that works? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, this is this now. This is a really interesting question. So I don't think there's really going to be a seismic change. Um, yeah. JMW, and and this is partly probably because my experience of JMW, my so my JMW have sort of bucked the trend by keeping the flow towards working from the office and working from home, not flowing towards working from home and by exception going into the office. Yeah, I think that I've seen. More recently, as this has gone on, the the longer-term effects on well-being, access to quality, resources, progression, etc., has proven the obvious to me, which is that humans like to gather together. And if we um, didn't have towns as as a race, we'd have made towns. And if we didn't have markets as a race, we'd have made markets because... That's what we're like to do. I think it's great that we're entering a, a post-industrial age and, and much of the leader dogma about working from home has, has, has been shown to be you know, not, of no importance, um, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do think that whilst technology is an enabler, um, it's like any other tool and it works best when it's, pulling people together so I believe there'll always be a flow of business towards the big central hubs and markets mm-hmm. um, I hope that Manchester Manchester is a brilliant city I, I'd like their you know the northern powerhouses to be stronger so from that perspective those regions to be stronger um, yeah. but I think there'll always be that that draw into yeah. working in an office and working in a, working in a city yeah sure So um, I suppose that links to the subject of um, achieving your plans, both your own plans and as a firm during during a no contact period. How um, or what are you doing to ensure that you're able to do that practically? So um, I've become pretty agnostic about um, about Zoom, phone, person you know they're all channels of of communications and as communication experts and I'm sure many of the people on the phone are communication experts you know that not having the obvious communication channels open to you cannot be a reason for not doing something because you know the 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 key is in the name we're communications people so um 
when you can only see a maximum of about, I don't know, 15% of the office at any one time, um, and you can't meet everyone, um, then my job has just been to overcome those barriers by talking to people in person if possible, um, setting up Zooms, being on phones, not letting the tech rule me, use it the way I want to use it. A recent article I was reading was about how um, people face to face when they're talking, the pupils mirror each other in size. Oh, wow. It's part of all of those tiny little biological chemical things that are happening between us humans, which make make information flow. Yeah. And it's really difficult to do this on Zoom. Yeah. That close. <laughs> um, and then when you're that close, it's like that um, Alas Smith and Jones scene where people, are, you know, you're like that. I mean, you know, it's really aggressive sort of. Um, and it, so it's really difficult. So yeah. I think. But for me, it's all about choosing the channel that suits the person you're speaking to and the situation you're in. And I love a phone. I love a phone because when my boys, my sons, are giving me a bit of whatever as teenagers, <laughs> I love going for a walk with them because yeah. we're walking side by side. We're not making eye contact and we can talk about anything. Yeah. So the, the phone in some ways is actually better for communication than face-to-face because we're used to doing this we're used to having this thing in our ear here we're not so used to that yeah yeah interesting so i've changed most of the meetings that we have um jmw london not for the purposes of technology but because i think it's important to lots and lots of breakouts but that's not because there's issues with the technology. That's because as a firm, we've grown so fast that in a year we've gone from five people to 85 people. And Mm. we need to keep those small little groups together that like to talk to each other. So technology allows us to do that actually incredibly effective. I don't have to hire 10 rooms. I can (laughs) put people in a room on Zoom and and get them to do it. So it's using the tech to enable communication. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm conscious that we only have a couple of minutes left, so I'm just going to load the poll up now. So this is looking um, ahead a bit more at uh, in terms of business growth and whether we think the pandemic will accelerate um, the growth of firms. So I'll just give people a moment um, to have uh, a say and vote for that. And then, if you wouldn't mind, Abby, just um, just providing your perspective, what would you what would you go for out of those three? Will the pandemic accelerate the growth of strong regional firms? So it looks like we've got a fairly clear winner at the moment. Um, What's a fairly clear winner? So at the moment, most people are voting for yes, as proximity becomes less important, they think uh, it will accelerate the growth. So um, is that in line with what, what, you, what you think? I... I, I I'm not convinced that it's a working, I don't think it's an agile working issue. I think it is probably driven by client and client value and clients wanting to have people closer to them. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, the, this kind of 
this kind of some one of your other talk people was talking about you know globalization versus regionalization and there is definitely a, a sense that people want to be supported local and want to be local the global show seems to have um have run its uh, have run its course um but i still think that people need to be wary of thinking that there is they don't need to be in the market um, okay. I think to do that is to the detriment of themselves and their long-term prospects, but also their clients and and their and their firms. I I, I think we need to to um, to keep an open mind as to as to what, how we will run our businesses in the future. Sure. Yeah, that's great. Okay, and just very quickly before we end, um, in true BDTV style, what are you looking forward to most um, at the end of the lockdown? Oh, my Lord. So um, my son's autistic and for many people like him and people who are socially uh, or other introverted, this hasn't been the worst thing ever to yeah. have a low sensitive, low you know, sensory world for a while. But I know also yeah. know that a lot of people are suffering hugely mm -hmm. uh, and well-being wise. So what I am looking forward to is I'm looking forward to people generally being happier and calmer and less anxious and less fearful for yeah. their jobs and their families and their own health and i'm looking forward to hugging them most. yeah yeah that's lovely well thank you very much abby that was really great uh, and i'm sure that everyone will have found that really interesting um so thank you so much for your time and i hope you enjoyed it thank you no thank you very much you did a, much better than peter thank you thanks for saying that <laughs> speak soon Bye.